0: The Green Bay Packers made an enormous investment in their offensive line through the NFL draft. Sean Ryan, Zach Tom, Rashid Walker. And with Elton Jenkins out, with David Bakhtiari out, at least for now, these players should figure in in a major way as to the solution for some of those injuries, even in the short term. So who can they be? How were they evaluated pre-draft? We bring in Brandon Thorne, one of the pre eminent experts online play to break this class down
1: you are locked on packers. i feel like we can run the table do. your daily green bay packers podcast rogers gets out part of the locked on podcast network it. your team Cobb! every day
0: Touchdown! you're locked on packers Podcast network your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for The Leap, a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. You can follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet and the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how. Thanks to everyone that makes Locked on Packers their first listen every day we hope you like starting your day with us as much as we like starting our day with you um you guys are back those of you that left for the off season some of you i mean i've heard from some people flat out i just don't care about the draft so i don't pay attention big news happens i'm there but i don't really care about the draft so they leave for a couple months that's totally fine You guys are back. At least a lot of you are back. Hopefully some of you stragglers will will get in here soon as well. Uh, We love to have you back as part of this wonderful community that is Locked on Packers. Brandon Thorne on the show with me today um he has a, an awesome awesome um site that that he does offensive lineman breakdowns trench warfare is a terrific resource and then he does offensive defensive lineman breakdowns over at establishing the run yes these are mostly paid sites i have a paid site i believe in paying for content but locked on packers will always be free and available on all platforms it's what we do um but I also hope that you will, because I make it easy for you, that you will support some other people, including Brandon, who is as smart about this stuff as anyone in NFL media. So we've had his insight on these on these guys before. He was awesome on Elton Jenkins a couple of years ago. Um, I believe he's been on the show since then. Um, so we're going to talk about Sean Ryan, um, Zach Tom, and Rasheed Walker. Uh, I was a little surprised he is not as high on this group as I thought he would be. Um, but the caveat is, and it's something that he mentions during the show, but we actually talk a lot about off air after the show is he has supreme faith in the Packers to draft and develop, to take these guys and mold them into something useful. And we were, we were laughing that, you know, we, we got seven, eight guys deep on the offensive line. And he was like, any of those guys could play and you'd feel okay about it. There are plenty of teams where you go three guys. And after that, you're like, mm, I don't know who should really be playing. So it's that it's I I want you to go into this conversation with the understanding that he thinks the Packers are a really good coaching team when it comes to offensive line. And that although he has questions and concerns about some of these players, he thinks ultimately a lot of these guys, including Royce Newman, who we talked about, Josh Myers, who we talked about in addition to this offensive line class are useful players are starting potential caliber players so again although there's plenty of of breakdown and some questions i think it's reasonable to have a lot of questions about rookies we haven't seen them play in an nfl game so he leans on the question side i think we've we spent a lot of time talking about some of the more positive stuff and so i think this is this is a really um clear-eyed view of where these players can go, what the questions are, and and what they maybe need to improve on moving forward. What they need to prove they can do moving forward. We'll get to that conversation in just a second. Before we do, our friends at Built Bar have done it again. The cookie dough chunk puff. You guys, I'm telling you, this—I I had a little box of them. I went through them so fast. <laughs> I went through them so fast because they are so good. Only 160 calories, but 15 grams of protein covered in 100% real chocolate with the protein that you want, with the fiber that you want, but without the sugar that you don't need and without the calories that you'll just have to work off. It is the perfect thing to snack on, pre-workout, post-workout, or just to have. It's a great thing. The cookie dough chunk puff, it is a game changer. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15. Wanted to talk Packers offensive line. So who better to talk about offensive line play with than Brandon Thorne? He has the Trench Warfare newsletter. Uh, he also does a lot of great breakdowns at Establish the Run offensive and linemen, defensive lineman, uh breakdowns. Uh, Brandon, it is it is great to be with you. Thank you so much for coming on and, and talking about what has been a really fun um, storyline for the Packers this offseason with the rookies, not so much with the injured players, David Bakhtiari, Elton Jenkins, and those guys. Um, but I remember doing this um, when Elton Jenkins was drafted. You came on and we talked about where you thought he fit. Now we're having these same discussions. Zach Tom, where could he play? Sean Ryan, where could he play? Uh, of, of the offensive linemen that the Packers drafted, did one of those picks stand out to you as like, oh, I I like that, that makes sense, or the other way, potentially?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, I I like Rashid Walker. You know, I I thought he was that value of where you got him, um, I thought was really good. So that was probably my favorite value pick. Um, you know, I, I see Walker as a guy who really just had flashes on his college tape. It was very like kind of incomplete, you know, a lot of rawness there, uh, inconsistencies, you know, overall, but the stuff that he did flash and the kind of the physical traits that he does have, I feel like there's a good foundation there to develop somebody, you know, down the line. Um, you know, maybe sooner rather than later, depending on kind of how things go off the field and stuff. Cause I heard some, maybe some rumblings a little bit of like, you know, some maturity stuff and stuff like that. So, which is hard to, you know, kind of put a lot of credence to all the time, but yeah, that's maybe one of the factors of why he dropped a little bit, but in terms of size and the power that he would flash on tape and some of the body control as well, I just feel like that stuff you know, is one of those, some of those things that you just can't teach, you know, and, uh, there's a lot of, a lot of promise with him, I think from a physical standpoint. So yeah, to get a guy like that in the what seventh round, you know, I thought that that one has potential to pay off, you know, that's a swing. I definitely would have taken, uh, probably a little bit earlier. So that one jumps out, um, positively and then nothing really like too negative. Um, you know, with the other two, you know, I was a little bit more down on those guys than, I think a lot of the consensus, uh, you know, especially after their testing and, you know, of course they both tested very well, um, you know, like high caliber athletes. So, uh, you know, my grade that I put in for them, for them was pretty much purely based off of film. So, um, you know, I didn't. Really- how do you
0: square that Brandon? I'm always, I'm always curious because I know you're someone who digs into the technique and the how, um, uh, but when you see someone who is, Uh, who tests like a good athlete, but the film does not always show that high level athleticism. How do you, how do you square that?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's a case by case basis. I think, you know, it definitely, you know, kind of what everyone says, I think there's, there's some validity to it in terms of, you know, if, if the testing comes out and it really goes counter to what you thought was on film, then you go back and you check it. Right. And you just kind of recheck it. And you know that's what I try and do, especially with the extreme cases. Um, you know, and with I guess Sean Ryan. You know, I mean, I thought Zach Tom was athletic on tape. You know, for sure, I put that in his report that people can read. You know, I put I think I put very good quickness and like he's loose, the way he moves, he's explosive. You could see that, but with Ryan, I didn't see it as much. Um, so definitely went back and you know kind of uh, reviewed some of the tapes that I watched of him at UCLA and. I just didn't see a lot of that uh, translate to the field in terms of explosiveness or power. He's a strong guy. You know, when he gets engaged with somebody, he does a nice job of holding the point of attack and holding position, which is very important and valuable. But in terms of like that upfield explosiveness and power, I just didn't really see it uh, for him on, on film. I saw a guy. Was a little bit sluggish, uh, especially a tackle. Maybe moving inside will help some of these things. Um, I projected him as a guard as well, and that seems to be where he's going to play. But at left tackle, he just looked out of place. Um, And yeah, just just got beat badly a lot due to some of it technique, I think. Just, I don't know how technical we want to get, but just some technique stuff with his footwork, opening the door too early, getting beat across his face, not recovering very well, didn't look very fluid, things like that. So, You know, um, that one to me for the testing, you know, kind of jumped out and I valued him. You know, I think I had a fifth round grade on him, uh, which is, you know, like high fifth, late fourth, which is more of like a developmental guy that, you know, could have some upside down the line. Um, But like I said, the strength part is there and, you know, that might be enough to earn a role early. I just I don't know if I see the same upside that maybe the testing would indicate with him.
0: Yeah, I think that's that's an interesting perspective. When you're looking at prospects, uh, uh, the way, I'll just tell you what, what I think is important and then you can explain your process. I, I think the the traits so much more important in college than when we evaluate these guys in the pros. and the pros, it's you, you better be ready to do the thing on the field. Um, but in college, we're looking more at traits. So how do you balance when you evaluate the traits with, let's say, technique, an offensive lineman who they have all this physical tools, but they're they, they need some polish when it comes to hand placement and and um, approach. Or the flip side of that is a guy who has all of that polish, but maybe lacks the foot quickness.
1: Yeah. Um, well, obviously, that latter example, you'd want those guys to be on the interior a little bit more, uh, just because they deal with less space. Um, so you know, playing a little bit more confined areas, so they're not going to. Maybe that foot quickness being adequate, you know, may not get as, you know, as stressed as a would tackle. So maybe being a little bit more lenient and, uh, favorable, looking more favorably on those guys for interior prospects, you know, who may not have the most athletic upside. Of course it helps. And of course you want that, but I think it's probably just a little bit easier typically to get by with maybe adequate athletic ability on, on tape, you know, playing center of guard. Um, but yeah, so that, that's, Kind of how I would view that. And, you know, I mean, the, the technique and polish thing at any position, even tackle. I mean, obviously, if you have those things, I, I look very favorably on that because you don't really know what situation the guy's going to go into. You don't know the level of coaching they're going to get. That's kind of the wild card part of projecting, especially for us, you know, in the media if you're doing it for a team that's a huge advantage that you have obviously because you know what building they're going into and what players are going to be around and coaches and all that but not knowing that i tend to lean towards a guy who's more polished as to as opposed to the more athletic guy um because we just don't know where they're going so that's a big reason why i favor that because man if they're polished and they're good technically you know they play with good balance you know they they play within themselves. Um, you know, they know how to stay on their feet. They know how to sustain blocks. I feel like that player and maybe, you know, average athletic ability, that player has a better chance of succeeding in more spots than a really athletic guy who has no polish, you know. Um, but again, like a place like Green Bay, you guys are kind of spoiled. You know, you guys have a great developmental program with offensive line. You guys draft well. You draft and develop the position as good as any team in the league. So. You know, maybe if I'm kind of down on a guy because his polish and technique and fundamentals aren't there and he goes to a place like Green Bay, then, you know, I, I could, you know, be wrong on that in a few years more so than, uh, you know, a lot of other teams. So, yeah, I, I feel like um that's kind of why I look at it the way I do, just because I'm trying to project for all 32 teams and there's a lot of variance there. So I like kind of going with more of the sure thing. But, of course, you want to marry both and, you know, ideally have both.
0: What kind of added value, if any, do you put on the marquee matchups? So like Zach, Tom went against Jermaine Johnson and that was a big thing that, that he played really well against a guy that ended up being a first round pick. Um, two years ago, it was Rashawn Slater and, and it was go back and watch the tape against Chase Young and watch what he did. How do you value that? Because I know you and I have had conversations in the past on Twitter about these you know good players eating against bad players. And your point was basically, like, that's fine. What separates the good and the great is when you go good versus good, how are you performing there? So when you're looking at evaluations, how do you um, take those marquee matchups and value them? Do you value them differently than you would, say, against just like an average Saturday?
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's huge in evaluation for me. I always look at that, and I think it's critical because you want to see – you, know, you want to get as much of an apples to apples comparison to the NFL game as possible. So looking at a you know, looking at the player you're evaluating against a guy who is likely going to be in the NFL and likely be an NFL starter, you know, that's obviously the preferred uh, scenario. You want to get as many of those as you possibly can. So just because it's going to be so much closer to what he's going to see on the field and, you know, on Sundays. So, yeah, I mean, it just, it makes sense and, Uh, to me, and I feel like there's a lot of value to that uh, over the years, both with NFL evaluation and college evaluation. Um, But, yeah, you know, with Zach Tom's case in particular, you also have to factor in and with everybody. But with him, one of the reasons why I maybe didn't put as much stock into that performance as as I would, you know, for like Rashawn Slater and Chase Young, I feel like you have to look at the scheme and what they're being asked to do. And uh, Zach Tom's scheme at Wake Forest, uh, you know, honestly, it's is one of my least favorite, uh, offenses to watch from an offensive line evaluation perspective. Um, they run a ton of RPOs. Um, it's kind of like this mid zone RPO thing that they do with these elongated handoffs, you know, at the mesh point. And, um, you know, I've also heard that part of that is they're a very high tempo offense. They almost, prefer their offensive linemen not to really like strain and finish on all their blocks so they can get back to the huddle and run another play. So like the run blocking there, there's, you don't see a lot of finishing from the offensive line. And I feel like that's important, especially at the NFL level, because you're going to have to do that. Uh, So I had a lot of um, play strength concerns with Zach Tom because you, partly because you didn't really get to see him, you know, like exercise that aspect of his game a lot. And then in pass protection, because of the heavy RPO usage, you know, you're not taking true pass sets very often at all. Um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of guys on the line of scrimmage oftentimes with them as well. There's oftentimes help, you know, built in with tight ends or, uh, you know, offset guys around the line. You're just not seeing a lot of, you know, real drop back pass situations at the, in that offense at all. Um, there was a couple against Jermaine Johnson that were pretty nice, but it's just tough when the ball is out so quick, when you have to, when you're able to set aggressively on a guy, cause you're doing an RPO or a play action pass, it kind of eliminates a lot of the difficulty. And, you know, RPOs and play action are more prevalent in the NFL today than they have ever been. So, you know, they're, that's not like too, you know, uh, crazy of a projection there, but I think we all kind of realize, you know, high leverage situations, money downs in the NFL, you're going to be asked to truly drop back and pass the ball. And a lot of that stuff goes out the window. You're not going to be able to run an RPO and protect your offensive line that way, you know, in those high leverage situations. And, you know, the more I watch Zach Tom, I have some questions about his anchor, you know, which kind of play strength as well. So like my big thing with Zach Tom is like, you know, I don't know if the play strength is there right now uh, with anchoring and finishing and driving guys and stuff like that in the run game. Obviously he moves very well and, you know, he's athletic and all that, but yeah. So we'll see, but that was kind of, those were my big concerns with him. And part of it was because of scheme, we didn't get to see him do a lot of it. And then when he did have to do some of it, I saw some of those concerns pop up. So that's kind of how I view Zach Tom and, you know, we'll see. I think the, I think the uh, jump for him is you know, just a little bit more significant than a lot of other offenses that we see in college.
0: Interestingly, uh, when it became clear David Bakhtiari was not going to be in training camp, um, Zach Tom had been getting a lot of reps inside, guard center, um, in OTAs and mini camps. And then as soon as they found out David Bakhtiari was not going to be out there, he's getting reps at tackle, left tackle, right tackle. Where did you think his best spot in the NFL was given um, what, where, where you had him with your report?
1: Yeah, I projected him at center. Um, I just have questions at tackle, uh, you know, when guys really long power rushers or guys who could convert speed to power at a high level, get inside of him, him holding up, you know, I just have questions about that. And, you know, at center, at least, you know, that could be mitigated, you know, with guard help. Um, you know, being able to get your hands on guys quickly. And he has some good hand stuff that he did in college in terms of using a snatch trap technique and knocking guys hands down and kind of creating leverage for himself quickly with his hands when he's able to get, get on guys quickly. So I thought center would, you know, be a little bit of help, a little bit of a helpful transition for him. He also played center of Wake Forest, but um, I just thought center more long-term projection made sense to him for, for me on him kind of, like in a Mitch Morse kind of mold um, was what I thought he could potentially be one day. Mitch Morse though, you know, came in and his play strength was actually pretty good. He's undersized as well, but Mitch Morse had this aggressive kind of, you know, like tone setting streak to his game, um, you know, early on with the chiefs. I remember watching him in like 2015, 2016, and it was just eye popping. You know, I don't know if we're going to see that from Zach Tom unless Wake Forest really, held him back in that and he has that ready to go and like unleash, you know, in the run game as a pro we'll see. But that's kind of the differentiating factor with him and Mitch Morse. But that's kind of the career arc that I saw, um, you know, former left tackle center, that, that kind of convert making that work. But at tackle, I mean, I, I think it makes a lot of sense. you got to kind of try him out there at this point. If you're Green Bay, you're desperate. So, you know, you want to at least, you know, see if he, see how he looks, you know, get the looks in see if he could do it. I'd be very interested to see some of those reps against Rashawn Gary because that's the exact kind of guy I would be concerned about with Zach Tom the tackle is Rashawn Gary. He's kind of the prototype of this, you know, elite power kind of guy.
0: Well, no one at Packers practice can block Rashawn Gary right now. So um, Zach Tom can't either. So, um, that, you know, until Elton Jenkins and David Bakhtiari come back, that might be the, the answer there because Gary looks like he's taken another little step forward here with, with his pass rush, which is pretty cool to see. The name that keeps coming up with Zach Tom. That that I and others have mentioned is J.C. Treader, who started out as a tackle, um, had to have the jump in level of competition, although the ACC is not the same as going from um, Cornell, but a, a tackle who played a little tackle early in his career and eventually becomes a center. Um, I think that that's a name that I think if you're thinking about like th- that sort of 85th percentile outcome, that'd be a pretty good outcome for him, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I can, I can see that happening. For sure, yeah. I think that's probably even, you know, maybe a better uh, pro comparison than than Morse. Morse was more of like an archetype kind of idea, but yeah, specific player, a level of effectiveness, that kind of thing. I think Treader, probably best case scenario for for Zach Tom, which would be nice. Yeah. So last
0: thing here, um, the Packers also have, in addition to the rookies some guys trying to make a second-year jump, Um, Josh Myers, Royce Newman, without necessarily getting into them specifically, and if you want to, we can, but in your experience following this thing as closely as anyone, what is the difference for guys in year two if they succeed? Like, where do they make the biggest jump to get to that next level because we've, we've heard and, and seen Josh Myers is apparently been awesome um, spring into summer. They're really excited about what he, I mean, he's a, he's a massive dude, especially at center um, and Royce Newman. Now they're trying, okay, maybe he's the right tackle right now. Maybe he's, he got benched in the playoffs because he was having issues at guard. Like where are those jumps that these guys usually make if they're going to make that jump?
1: Um, I mean, I, I feel like, You know, technique and specifically pass protection, Um, you know, I would say getting your set points down, which, you know, vary pretty dramatically in the pro game. So if you're a guard, knowing how to come out of your stance efficiently and, and get to the right spot, depending on the passing concept. And obviously there's a lot of passing concepts more so for, you know, certain schemes. So you have to get to a different spot in different passing concepts, concepts against different players and different alignments. There's a lot of moving parts there. Um, so it, that just usually takes time. And uh, a lot of that is footwork based, spatial awareness, uh, knowing the guy next to you, where he's going to be, um, which is going to kind of dictate where you need to be and where the quarterback's going to be is going to dictate where you need to be. Um, who your opponent is is going to dictate that. And their alignment, right? Three technique—is he a wide three technique, loose three technique? Um, you know how you're setting on games. You know di- different kind of games. There's just so many different factors in pass protection alone, um, and it, usually that just takes time. Especially if you're moving positions, which both of those guys—well, Royce Newman was played right tackle little Miss, played left guard the year before that, and now he's playing right guard last year. You know all those things change; those little nuances they change totally new environment, all that stuff, jumping competition, a lot of factors you're dealing with, a lot is thrown at you when you're a rookie. Um, So I think that's one aspect, Uh, not to mention the run game stuff, all the different fits and all that kind of stuff. You have to kind of iron out and get better at with time. Some guys do it quicker than others. Um, You know, Myers, I think, you know, just really being an inexperienced guy, you know, coming into, you know, the pro game, I think he only had 21 starts in his career, um you know in in high school i remember i think he played like in a wing t offense you know so you know, just a big transition for him um but i think before he got hurt last year you know you I, right away he looked pretty solid um you know so i expect his jump to probably be a little bit more noticeable than newman but i i like newman coming out as well um you know, I, I think that there's some promise there. I think his head was spinning a little bit at guard uh, when I watched some of his tape. Just not dealing with, not reacting to stuff quickly. You know, the processing was a little bit slow. Um, so typically, you know, if if the guy is relatively, you know, relatively smart and picks up the game quickly, that that will improve. You know, with time, if he's moving positions a lot, maybe take a little bit more time, but. Yeah, man, I think in the second year, you want to see a guy be a little bit more consistent with some of that technique and pass protection and, and the run game. And those are some of the ways, some of those, you know, the details I've shared. Those are the things I look for.
0: I love it, Brandon. Thank you so much. Um, I I love when I have people on to talk offensive line. It is probably the biggest blind spot in my, my football acumen. So I love to have smart people come on and, and talk about it. Thank you so much for, for doing that for us.
1: Absolutely, man. Anytime. Thank you. Glad we made it work.
0: Thanks to Brandon for joining the show. Great to talk with him. He is as knowledgeable about this stuff uh, and as passionate about it as anyone. He takes this stuff really, really seriously. Um, He's not a super high-energy guy, but he is so intelligent when it comes to talking about this stuff. And so I, I think his perspective is really, really useful. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Dave. And there have been times in my life I've I've talked about this before where I wasn't making a lot of money, where I was living paycheck to paycheck. When I first moved to New York, it was, okay, let's get to the next paycheck. I didn't have a lot of freelance jobs. I wasn't getting paid a lot. New York is expensive. And so you're trying to get by. I could have used a little bit of help. I could have used an extra, I don't know, say $500. With extra cash from Dave, they can get you that. That's more money to fill your tank, buy a wedding gift, or just catch up on bills. Millions of people have already downloaded the Dave app to get the financial relief that they need with extra cash. Download the Dave app from the app store right now. That's D-A-V-E. Sign up for the extra cash account and get up to $500 instantly. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com legal. Instant transfer fees do apply. Banking provided by Evolve. Member FDIC. All right, we're going to be back tomorrow. More fun to discuss. And because there is a game on Friday, we are going to talk about, I'm not going to talk about the matchups because who cares, but we are going to talk about players to watch. I want to hear from you players that you want to see set in fact, send me those, send me those. I want you to tell me who you are most excited to see, most nervous to see who has the most on the line. Give me that feedback and we're going to talk about it. On the Thursday show. How about that? We will talk about it uh, later in the week. And then on Friday, we will have um, a day show. We're not going to go live after a preseason game. That seems excessive. Um, We will still be going live this season after all these games. So be sure to hang with us um, all season long after games. Just not, certainly not the first preseason game. Maybe later in the preseason. If it looks like teams are playing starters. If it looks like the Packers are going to play some starters. Matt LaFleur, by the way, did not rule out. Some Aaron Rodgers time and said the offensive line is not going to deter him if he thinks Aaron Rodgers should get some work to put Aaron Rodgers out there. Interesting to keep in mind, but we're going to have a, we're going to do a summer Friday. So we'll have a conversation on Friday that you can listen to um, that will theoretically be evergreen into the weekend if you need it. But presumably, you're going to watch the game, right? You're going to watch the game. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that, 920-341-3775. Stay Locked on Packers.